Welcome everybody to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com. This is the website where you can take online video courses and you can also learn personal protection, urban survival, and everything in between. Starting in January 2021, Survive and Protect will begin its Survive and Protect Academy. To become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy, all you need to do is go to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com, click on the Attend S&P Academy button, and scroll down the page till you see a set of instructions that will show you how to become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy. In the Survive and Protect Academy, you will get exclusive content that will not be on any of Survive and Protect's social media platforms. So be sure to join us today by going to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com and come down to the bottom of the page, enter your email address, and click the subscribe button. So before we go, always remember to be aware, wash the hands, and have a plan. We'll see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, men, women, boys, girls, you are now rocking with the best thoughts of the week. Let's go. good what's good everybody you are rocking with the best thoughts of the week and today's episode i think we in episode 49 this episode um was resulting in something i read on facebook And I'm going to share that with you here shortly. And after I read it, it brought up a lot of um, thoughts that I actually I actually had to to respond to this Facebook post. And um, so. Today's uh, show. Is called NF. BA versus. I-P-O-C. All right. N-F-B-A versus I-P-O-C. So let me break that down. What the letters stand for. All right. Because this is all part of the. What took place. All right. N-F-B-A. Stands for Native Foundational Black Americans. All right, NFBA, Native Foundational Black Americans, which are essentially um, descendants of those who were enslaved and brought to the United States and ultimately were the people who actually built the United States. 
at this point, people who debate that don't even deserve a debate. They can look it up. They be If they're honest, they'll do honest research. You'll come to the conclusion that the enslaved Africans who were brought here by force had their language stripped from them, their culture stripped from them. Um, did I say language? I think I said language, their culture. Everything about their African self was stripped. And once they were brought to the U.S., I'm not talking about any of the islands because we're going to get to that. But they were brought to the U.S. And essentially, they were the ones who, over the years, built the United States. Now, with that being said, I'm going to look up... Um, a particular word here all right just the definition of a word because as these things are coming to mind I'm going to deal with them as they come to mind all right all right now, the word immigrant, I'm looking this up so I can read it from, I'm doing my Googles. And so immigrant, a person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country. All right. Immigrant, a person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country. All right. So being an immigrant simply means you moved. Let's let's use for an example. Let's say you lived in. Uh, let's say you lived in Pakistan. And you moved from Pakistan. And you came here to the United States to live permanently. You wasn't forced to come to the United States. Um, somebody didn't kidnap you overnight, put you on a plane or put you on a boat, had you blindfolded at gunpoint or at knife point or some other type of weapon point. No one done that to you to bring you over to the U.S., right? You were just, you came this way on your own from Pakistan, all right? So that's what the definition of immigrant means, all right? Again, an immigrant, a person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country. So Pakistan, using the example, is your place of origin where you lived. And so you left there to come to the United States and you came to Texas to live permanently. Or you came from the Congo in Africa and you left the Congo and 
and then or you lived in Kenya in Africa or you lived in Egypt that's where you were born you grew up and then you finally moved you left there got on a plane however you got your finances together to move whether it's plane boat you got up on your own free will got on that particular transportation plane or boat jet skis whatever <laughs> and you went over to the u.s you went over to florida from africa or like i said you moved to texas or you went to oklahoma you did this on your own free will you wasn't put you wasn't made at gunpoint and shoved on a boat or shoved on any type of vessel by force you wasn't handcuffed shackled chained all up and forced to come to somewhere without your permission all right you came on your own all right so i wanted to put that definition out there and then go back to what i was saying um when i was talking about the letters nfba stands for native foundational black americans which are today those who are the native foundational black Americans today are uh, the descendants of those who were forced, who were not immigrants because they didn't come over by on their own. But those who were forced to come over um, from one country or nation and came on over to the U.S. enslaved. And ultimately, throughout the years, it was their blood, their sweat, their tears, their physical bodies were used to build the United States. So there are descendants of those people living in the U.S. right now. All right. Now, the other letters, IPOC. Immigrant people of color. Immigrant people of color. I-P-O-C. Immigrant people of color. And if I remember to get to it later, um, speak super briefly on people of color. All right. That word, those words in, is, in and of itself. But I-P-O-C, immigrant people of color. Color. So this show is the NFBA versus the IPOC. Also, on this show, I'm going to talk about Mayor Wayne um, Messam. Wayne Messam, I think his last name is M-E-S-S-A-M. Messam or Messam. Wayne Messam. I'm going to talk about him a little bit. Actually, you're going to hear about him. All right. So now what I want to do is read a post that was put on Facebook. All right. And so this post was you guys, um, excuse me for a minute. Let me pull up the post real quick. So give me a few seconds.
All right, ladies and gents, sorry about that. Um, okay, so I got the post up. All right. We got the post up. So um, a person posted this up today, and I actually know who it is. Um, this really has nothing to do with who it is, per se. But um, it's like I said, I just came across this post, and then once I read it, I was like, a lot of thoughts started coming to my head. All right. So I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lashed out at President Trump, who tweeted that she and three other Congresswomen of color should go back, should, quote, go back to their, quote, broken and crime infested countries, pointing out that she was born in the United States. All right. Mr. President, quote, Mr. President, the country I come from and the country we all swear to is the United States. Ocasio-Cortez tweeted Sunday, on Sunday, the freshman representative from New York, along with Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, Rashida Taleb or Talib of Michigan and Ilhan Omar. She's been in the news a lot of Minnesota belong to a group of progressive democratic Congresswomen that Trump referred to in a Sunday Twitter, Twitter thread saying, why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which they came. And then at the end of that post, it says this right here. All right. So, let me just break this down a little bit. And um, the first paragraph, again, I'm going to read. It says, Alexander, well, hold on. Yeah. No, no, the second one. It says, Mr. President, the country I come from and the country we all swear to is the United States. Ocasio-Cortez tweeted Sunday. So here's where, kind of, here's where the trick kind of comes in at. So Alexandria ocasio Cortez is saying, I guess in her response back to Trump, that the country she comes from and that she swears to is the United States. But here's where the issues I started, when I started looking at it, it started making me think of um, other past interviews this lady has had and then I was looking at other um, videos online and which I kind of already knew before I actually seen these videos. I can kind of tell by Alexandria's look and the way she spoke. I knew that she was Puerto Rican because I'm originally from New York. I grew up in the Bronx and we had Puerto Ricans around us along with Jamaicans and white people and some Asians. So I kind of was able to tell, yeah, she, and then of course her name had a name that you could say, yeah, she has some Spanish something in her, but I, I knew it's like, yeah, she's Puerto Rican. But and what I just read you in that second paragraph, she was saying where she comes from is the United States. But 
even if she was born there, and we'll probably get into that. I'm going to show you some pictures here in a little bit. But even if she was born in the U.S., her parent, parent or parents, one or the other or both, and we'll get into that later, hopefully, is that they come from not from the U.S. And so when you have a parent that doesn't come from the U.S., or when you start linking back, they come, they have immigrated. They are immigrants, I should say, from one place to come to the U.S. So that makes you an immigrant, Alexandria, even if you grew up born or whatever in New York or in the Bronx or wherever. You have a parent who was an immigrant. And so if you want to play the games and play whatever, you are half immigrant and so-called half U.S. or U.S. American, all right? But you got immigrant blood in you. And so is the issue. Now, I think I, I responded to that. I did respond to that. I Pretty much I was, in my response, I'll try to make it brief. I won't even read it. But in my response to that, I was mentioning that I see what Trump is trying to do when he when he made that comment. Now, this is not me caping for Trump. Um, I don't care for him, me personally. He makes me laugh. And I think he's pretty slick. So I think he has some intelligence. Everybody thinks he's stupid because he makes, they say he makes dumb comments or says stupid things. But I'm a type, I'm the type of person that I respect or not necessarily respect. I like, I like thinkers. I like intelligent people. I like, I like people who think strategically. Um, or even like, I don't know if I can use the word or should use the word admire, but it's one of those things where you hear, where you can, where you hear the comment or the phrase game, recognize game, so to speak, you just kind of have a, uh, a general respect, not like respect for the person. I respect that this guy's real clever or I respect that he has, he's really strategic, even though people think he's dumb. All right. So that's what I was looking at. And I said, yeah, I know what he's trying to do. Lately, there's been this thing going on, which is where the title of this episode is about. There's been a thing going on where you've been having all these Democrats who are, second or third or maybe first or fourth or fifth generation immigrants because they might have been born here but their parents were immigrants who came from one place to come here then they that person's parents you know did the wild thing and then they had you and they had you in the u.s but your blood came from immigrants right and so that's what sparked the whole my whole comment in a nutshell, was saying, I understand what Trump is doing. And I call him Donald Trump. So that should tell you, you know, how I think about him. Didn't vote for him. But um, I could respect his gangster, so to speak. All right. For those who know what I'm talking about when I say that, I can respect his gangster. And um, I see that he was using, making that comment about them going back to their countries because basically what he was saying is you have immigrant blood in you, which 
you know, seems to not or get left out in the explanation. But out of the four, um, the four are, of course, you got Alexandria Cortez, you got um, Ilhan Omar, you have Rashida Taleb, and you have Ayanna Presley. Now, out of the four, I try to do a little bit of research and I'll probably get into it a little bit deeper. I couldn't find anything regarding Ayanna Presley as far as having links to uh, parents or, yeah, parents or parents, parents being immigrants from somewhere. And, but the stuff that I came across, it seemed to be a little bit too not detailed, just kind of something real quick and thrown out there. So it's giving me, it's making things for me a little suspicious. And I could be wrong about the whole thing. Maybe she's not. Maybe her parents aren't. And like I said, I'm going to show you some stuff here in a little bit about that. But I could be wrong altogether. Okay. So anyway, um, where else? What do I need to go from here? Like I said, it, it brought to my mind how most of these people are Democrats, the immigrant, the Alexandrias, the the uh, Rashidas and the Ilhans. I'm going to just going to put a question mark for Ayanna Presley right now. But at least those three. And then you got Kamala Harris. She's an immigrant. Um, I believe Cory Booker is too, if I'm not mistaken. And then, of course, I'm going to talk later on about um, Wayne Messam. And you're going to hear something from his own mouth. That should speak volumes. But, um, so the thing that's been going on is that there's been a battle between the actual people who are descendants, who I call the NFBA, the Native Foundational Black Americans, the people whose descendants actually built this country, and the, the second, third, fourth, whatever generation of immigrants, which would be like the, the Alexandrias, the Rashidas, again, the Alexandria Cortez, the Rashida Talebs, the um, Ilhan Omars, they are immigrants who are born, may have been born here. Um, I don't know about Rashida. I don't know if she came from another country and uh, came here or if she was born here herself. But nonetheless, their parents are immigrated immigrants from another country. And I just gave you the definition at the, uh, the early on in this uh, podcast. So you can go back and just listen to that. So, like I said, it, it became a thing to where I've been noticing more recently a lot, but even when I was a kid, I've noticed some things when it came to um, dealing with Jamaican kids back in high school or junior high or um, elementary school. You can kind of see how the arrogance or the them thinking they were better. And so the same thing is going on now. It's been a big battle between those who are the foundational black Americans, the native blacks in this country and the immigrant blacks, the the Africans, the Trinidadians, the Jamaicans, the Dominicans, the Haitians, the um who else we got here? Puerto Ricans, 
they all seem to have an issue with the black people of America. When I say black, you know what I'm talking about. The native blacks. And they seem to always hate on us, the native blacks, every chance they get. Not respecting and realizing that it was our descendants who built this country and made it so, so that these immigrants, so you Kenyans, you Ugandans, you Dominicans, you Puerto Ricans, you Jamaicans, you Cubans can all come here and live better. It was because of the blood of my descendants or the blood of the descendants of the slaves. And so because of them, you get to hear, you get to come here and benefit. Now, to move on a little bit, I've also been noticing in the music, if you guys pay attention into music, in the music industry, rap or whatever, most of the, most, I won't say everybody, but a lot of these rappers nowadays, if you just deal with rap music, they are immigrants as well. And not to say all, and this is, let me say this too, I don't want to say that every uh, Nigerian, everybody from Africa that are immigrants here, or Dominicans, or um, Haitian, or Cuban, Jamaican, Trinidadian, Tobago, whatever, I'm not saying every one of them are haters of blacks, there are some, some of y'all are riders for black people, you got their back 100%. You know what time it is. You know what the real truth is. But a lot, I'll say a lot more than some of those who are not. A lot of y'all are haters of black people. And it's also been a proven thing that there have been like, whether it's direct or indirect messages to these immigrants about dealing with the blacks in America they're kind of told in roundabout ways and maybe sometimes directly that when you get to the U.S., don't mess with them. They're no good. And um, also, there's been um, certain words that was used for blacks. Like, I've, hear, I've been hearing a lot of uh, people saying, like Africans and probably other people will use it too. You would call the the black people of America, the foundational, the native blacks of America, Akatas. And that's a disrespectful term for my understanding um, means to be somewhere along either directly or somewhere along the lines. Akata means cotton picker. And when you say cotton picker, you are referring to the slaves who picked cotton, the ones who were stolen and brought over here and stripped of their identity. So, you have all this disrespect from this these immigrants who use the word akata and those who feel like the the ones who use akata now there is some other um there's two more other words let me see if i got the video um that my man uh godfrey had mentioned let me see some here i think i'm going to play it up real quick and see if this is even the video. So you guys just listen in real quick. So I had John South. Yeah. And uh, as an NBA player, he goes over to China a lot okay. to do exhibition stuff yeah. and you know, probably get a check <laughs> and everything right. else like that. 
And we had a whole conversation about China and Africans because apparently the Chinese government is buying up a bunch of land in Africa. All they're fixing the they're infrastructure. Taking, Sixty billion dollars. They're, 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 you know, and they're depending on how you look at it. Like you know, the story I've heard that he's actually co-signed was that they're giving these loans out to these African countries when they can't pay back. They'll say, okay, cool, we'll just take some land. Yeah. And they've been kind of building up land masses they're fucking in, killing it. They're, they're, in, in China. But he said the one thing that's the difference in China is that when you see Africans on TV in China, they're not shown in a negative light because they, they're looking to kind of start taking over parts of China, so they want to show, I mean, parts of Africa, so they're trying to show positive sides of Africa so more Chinese would move over there. I keep going to China every year. China keeps going to Africa. I, I said, what am I doing? You know what I'd heard? I don't know if this is true or not, but a, a Chinese close associate of mine told me about this. They're saying that the, the Chinese have been systematically giving loans to these African countries, which they ultimately can't pay back, and they're taking more and more land in different parts of Africa right. from these loans, and they're slowly starting to take over Africa. They're buying Africa. Buying Africa, essentially. That's true? That's very true. Mm. Deep. Let me tell you what else they're doing in China. On China, they show, this week in Africa, they show good stories. Mm. They show nice people. They don't show bandanas and machine guns and killers Hyenas. and kidnappers. They don't show the, the animals jumping in your car, people getting mauled by, by tigers. Right. They show the humanity of Africa. They show how wonderful these people are. They talk about how this used to be the way we were told to look at it. Because Americans, literally in their television and their films, have convinced us that they're savages. Their yeah. treatment. So the Chinese, when I was there, I saw more about Africa and China than I've ever seen in America, and they can't tell me I wasn't looking for it because I was. Oh, oh well, until they take over, then they'll go back to shitting on us again, right? I don't know. Well, Chinese are very, very slick, and they work very hard, but Africans have always gotten tricked. Africa is one of those continents that, well, the world needs, because without Africa, everything collapses. That's real. That's where everybody gets all their elements and all their important shit, and all the cell phones are working because of elements out of Africa. Africa, what they do is they show... Let me tell you, they purposely show Africa as a shitty place to be, right, for African-Americans. So African-Americans would be like, I don't want to go to Africa. You understand? They, they want to keep you away. But then when you when I was in Africa, you see white people all over the place living and chilling and yeah, shit. I've been, I've been to Senegal. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I've Dakar. But, you know, it's, but, a, you know but there's I'm, a downtown. And but, there's right, but I'm saying they show the worst part of Africa so that it can detour African-Americans and keep that, that fucking friction going. When I did, when I did Soul Plane. I'm being honest. When I did Soul Plane, the way I auditioned, Snoop Dogg is the pilot. He was already cast. I went in and I said, you know what? In the audition, I said, I'm going to play an African. They were like, why are you going to do that? Because friction amongst African Americans or African mm. is so prominent that it'll be funny. It'll be funny. And, and, me, and me and Snoop use that to make the shit funny. You know? And that's why people are like, man, you killed that shit in Soul Plane. But I use that African American, that African... That, and, and, and a lot of Africans got to understand that the reason why you're here and the reason why you're kind of like doing well is because of off the backs of African-Americans. Mm. Do not get it twisted. The American culture is built by African-Americans, plain and simple. Every music genre, I don't give a fuck. Everything that's cool of America is built 
on black people's backs. All the universities from Harvard were built by slaves. That's real shit. All everything, music, food, all of that. And you come in and you, it seems like every race of people, when they come to America, they've been going through hell. They come and they shit on black people. Irish people will say, you know, we're the blacks of Europe. We're the fucking niggers of Europe. Yeah, but you come here and you call us niggers. It's, 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 you came from some hell, but now that you got your rights, black people ain't shit. Italians. Have you seen the Italians, the um, Ken Burns, Italian-Americans? Have you seen that documentary? The Italians look like Indians. They were so dark. They got treated like shit, sent to the ghettos. They get their little shit. We ain't shit. Niggas ain't shit. Boom. The Vietnamese come in. The Chinese come in. The fucking um, Russian people come in. The Pol And everybody's shitting on black folk. It's like we and, and Rick, um, Freeway Rick Ross was right. Every, we accept everybody, but everybody shits on us or takes what they want from us, whether it's economically, whether it's sexually, athletically, entertainment, and fuck us all the time, and we take it. Now there's a point where it becomes our fault. And Rick Ross, he was right. He goes, we need to start taking our own shit, being careful with our own money. And J. Edgar Hoover said, the biggest threat to America is Negro unity. And if we don't get that shit together, we're going to get fucked here and in Africa. And Africans, I tell this to you in your face. You need to cut that dumb shit out, man. Black is black. Caribbeans, black is black. I don't, I, listen, of course it's different. We, you li listen, black people from the South are a little bit different than black people from fucking the North sometimes. You know what I mean? But black is black. They see you the same way. I don't give a fuck. And I, and, and I don't want anybody to think that, oh, the whole world is racist. Everybody's just racist against black people every single minute. Because, listen, racism even takes a break. You know what I mean? Racism takes a break, too. I mean, not everybody's going, nigga, nigga, you can only, you know, hatred is a lot. Of, it's taxing. It's, you know what I mean? Like, let's get them nigger, goddamn, let's get them chains. It's like, you're tired. You can't, like, kill everybody, you know? So there's a time where everybody's actually getting along. But that app, Rick Ross was fucking right, man. He was right. He nailed. And I'm not saying that every African is going around talk dogging out African Americans. Well, what about what about your parents? My parents were never. I'm going to tell you that honestly. My parents were never liked it. My father taught in the school system on the west side of Chicago for 45 years. Mm -hmm. He literally had adult programs. He taught in prisons. So my father was very, very. He well, he never spoke like that. He never spoke like that. But then my father, my father used to dog Nigerians too. He was like. Some of these Africans, you know, my father was very balanced. My parents were very, very balanced. You know what I mean? I grew up in Chicago, like segregated, racist as fuck, but a, but a phenomenal city. But I grew up around, like I, w I didn't grow up in New York City, where New York, even though there's racism there, but people lived amongst each other. Like I, I noticed that a lot of my white friends had friends from everywhere. In Chicago, it's like blacks hung with blacks. <laughs> Whites hung with whites, Mexicans with Mexicans. It was very, you saw the segregation. But the area that I lived in in Chicago, Uptown, shout out to Uptown, was all immigrants. My, my, my Russian friends, Yugoslavian, African, Korean, all the whole nine. But Rick Ross was fucking, he nailed that shit. That shit is real. That Africans think they're better than African Americans. And it's a bullshit because cops don't give a fuck. A bullet does not distinguish. A bullet doesn't stop and go, nah, he's African. I'm looking for African American. No. <laughs> so there you go. That that was Godfrey. Unless, in case you guys didn't know who that was talking. 
And he's uh, his parents are from Nigeria. And like you heard him say, his dad, his parents weren't like that. Like, and that's just like I said earlier, I wasn't talking about every last immigrant. You have some that are some immigrants that are ride for black people from America. The descendants of slaves. And apparently Godfrey's dad was one of them. He even he even said his dad was on Nigerians like, I don't know about these these Nigerian people. So even his own dad was like, yo, they on some others, other ish, the Nigerian people. So that was just one thing. I'm going to try to pull up um, Rick Ross, the interview that, that they were talking about here regarding what uh, Rick Ross was saying. And um, just to give you some more context. Let's see. Oh, okay. There you go. Perfect. So we're going to listen to this one now. And um, it is not always easy. let me get to you real quick here. <clears throat> Give me a second. And here we go. Speaking of Africans. Yes. I had Freeway Ricky on recently. Freeway. And he says something interesting about Africans. Well, let me, let me see if I can just yeah. let me find it real quick. I just quick. met him. He was cool as shit. So this is Freeway Ricky. Yes. Talking about African Americans and Africans. Oh, I love it. You love it? I love it. Can't wait for this. That's how Soul Plane got good. We can escape to, you know, this is like everything that we have is right here. You know, even even Africa, they don't really accept American blacks. You know, they don't really like us. There's a friction between American blacks and and African. Well, American blacks don't have no friction. They have a friction. American blacks like everybody. This is true. We 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 yeah. just like accept anybody coming our community. Oh, come on in, bring your store and all your goods and everything. We'll buy that shit. It might not be worth a damn, but we'll buy it. <laughs> we'll support you. Yeah, no, you're right. The racism comes from the African side. Yeah, we don't we don't have any of that. Uh, uh, American blacks, uh, I feel, have been giving away their stuff too long. You know, it's time for us to become more conscious about everything that we do, what we do with it. Who we allow to 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 get our money, and I think that once they do that, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a big difference. But uh, no, we don't we don't we don't have anything against them. Um, they have a friction against us. He's right. Right, but he's so right. He so you're actually agreeing with this? Damn right. Because and, and you're African, and I'm West African, Nigerian, but I was born in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. My father went to school there. I have video on my Instagram. Uh, Comedian Godfrey, by the way. Okay, I'm going to stop this real quick. And I'm going to comment and then play it again. And play the rest of it. But um, even Godfrey himself said he was from, he's from West Africa. He's Nigerian. He was born in Nebraska. Now, that's the same thing Alexandria was trying to say. Like, she's from the U.S., yeah, you were born in the U.S., Alexandria. And um, I think Ilhan was the only one that actually came from uh, Somalia. And we'll get into that. We'll break down where everybody came from or supposedly came from. But um, I think Rashida Taleb might have been born in the U.S. But just like you heard Godfrey say, it applies to you ladies. And like I said, Ayana's going to have a question mark. Some further research is going to have to be done. Or if she is, or if she, if she has parents, or somebody from um, 
another country and not the U.S. If anybody listens to this that's in her camp, she might be smart to start revealing that soon before somebody finds out and puts it out. Because right now, as it stands, and I'll show you guys later, they're claiming both of her parents were from the U.S. And um, so and then then the question becomes, if that's the case, then where were Ayana's parents' parents from? Did, did Ayana's parents' parents come from another country? Because, again, that will make Ayana uh, maybe second generation immigrant by her grandparents so if they start tracking back further and further ayana um if you were if unless you legit and it was just trump making comments and 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 slipped up or maybe somebody in his staff put that slip up in there if you really have some if your parents are from here but your parents parents are from somewhere else and not from the U.S., it will be smart for you to reveal that before that becomes a thing that blows you up and people start jumping on your case for that. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about Ayana and some other connections. Um, I don't, again, I don't know how long I'm going to be on for this show. I might break it down into another um, episode if I don't stay on here long. I'll break it down in another episode. But um, like I said, Godfrey himself said he was born in Nebraska. His parents are Nigerian. That makes him, he said it himself. You heard it. And I'm going to put it back a little bit so you can hear him again. So that's the same thing for Alexandria, Rashida, and Ilhan. And not really Ilhan because I think she actually came from another country, from Somalia, and then came here. So she wasn't born here from what I've been looking up. But even if it was the even if Ilhan Omar was born here, her parents are from Somalia. Right? So Alexandria, you keep trying to and and she's been doing this with other things too in a lot of other interviews and speeches. She's playing around with words and playing trickery with her words. Yeah, Alexandria, you were born here from my brief research. But definitely one one or both of your parents, and from what I looked up so far, it's only showing to be one, is from Puerto Rico. So that's, you immigrated from Puerto Rico. Okay? So stop playing. And we'll get into the, I'm like, well, I actually got into it. I played the video, and you just heard from uh, the real Rick Ross. It's not the rapper Rick Ross. As a matter of fact, I'm going to replay it again for you guys just to hear it again. And um, there's always been a beef. And he just mentioned the Africans, but it's been the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans, um, Africans from different countries in Africa, uh, Jamaicans, I'm sure some Trinidadians, Cubans, all of you guys who come here. Just like Godfrey said, you all hate on the blacks here. And I think Rick Ross even mentioned that. Rick Ross said there's the American blacks that always accept everybody. And that's been our problem. The native foundational black Americans 
have always had open arms for everybody. But every time they do that, nobody stands up for us. Nobody takes our, has our back with all the ills and the mistreatment of the, the foundational, native foundational blacks. The immigrants, Africans, Dominicans, Cubans, some or a lot of y'all don't stand up for the American blacks. And like you heard Godfrey say, they the ones who built up the country, created the musics that y'all listen to, the different genres. And y'all over there, and what I'm trying to do is really keep myself from uh, using foul language. But it's almost getting to that point. It's getting to the tip of my tongue, but I'm trying not to do it. So I'm trying to be um, controlling myself when it comes to using some profanity. But I'm, you heard it from them. And I'm almost getting there myself. But so I'm trying to not to say the ish word. I'm just trying to say the hating y'all hating on. You be hating on blacks, but they the ones who made it so you guys can prosper in this country. They the ones that created everything. 85 to 90 percent of the inventions were created from blacks. And some of the stuff you still use to this day. Some part of the Internet, if not all of it. People always be saying Al Gore created the internet. I don't know what that was about. But there was supposedly a, a black guy, um, Emma Guale, I think his last name is, if I'm pronouncing it correct, has something to do with the internet. The cell phones you use were from an original invention from a black person. The police, the fire departments, the um, all branches of military the medics, the EMS people, y'all all use what people would call walkie-talkies or radios. That was invented by a black person. So military, police, fire, medics, like I said, all branches of the military, even the special forces of the military, you all use radio communication that was created from a black person. But it doesn't get mentioned. And it was a native black person at that who was somewhere down the line. Either their parents were enslaved and then it, when it came to them getting born, they were the ones who created these inventions to make their life easier because they was made to do everything. And they was made to do it the hard way. So to make it easier, to make the work easier for themselves, like the cotton and all that, they just started making stuff. It wasn't the slave masters that came up with these creative inventions. It was the people you enslaved and they had to make a, find a way to make their life easier. So they said, oh, let me create this. It'll make it easier to do this job. All right. So I'm going to play this again with uh, the real Rick Ross and then Godfrey's response to it. All right. So here we go. Ain't got good. Or, or, or we can escape to, you know, this is like everything that we have is right here. You know, even even Africa, they don't really accept American blacks. You know, they don't really like us. There's a friction between American blacks and, and Afri African. Well, American Libyan. blacks don't have no friction. They have a friction. Yeah. American blacks like everybody. This is true. We 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 yeah. just like accept anybody coming our community. Oh, come on in, bring your store and all your goods and everything. We'll buy that shit. It might not be worth a damn, but we'll buy it. <laughs> we'll support you. Yeah, you know, you're right. The racism comes from the African side. Yeah, we don't we don't have any of that. Uh, uh, American blacks, 
uh, I feel have been giving away their stuff too long. You know, it's time for us to become more conscious about everything that we do, what we do with it, who we allow to 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 get our money. And I think that once they do that, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a big difference. But uh, no, we don't we don't we don't have anything against them. Um, they have a friction against us. He's right. Right. But he's so right. He's so you're right. actually agreeing with this? Damn right. Because and I'm, you're African, and I'm West African, Nigerian, but. I was born in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. My father went to school there. I have video on my Instagram. Uh, Comedian Godfrey, by the way. <laughs> but um, it's the truth. Because if you remember the movie Sugar Hill. Yeah. And there's a scene yeah. where they're doing the thing with the drug dealer. And the guy said, we can't work with Akata. We can't work with Akata. That's a, that's a word that they were calling the American blacks, Akata, the Nigerians. Akata is a word that they use for American blacks. And Wesley Snipes was like, yo, what is this Akata shit you keep calling us? And the guy goes, we don't want to work with cotton pickers. And then Wesley beats the shit out of them. And But it's the truth. So African Americans and Africans have always had friction. You understand? But Africans, and I know some Africans are going to probably be like, I don't like what you Man, whatever. Yeah, people were upset over this clip. This clip started going viral on Twitter. Why are they getting upset at that? First of all, it's the truth. Africans come... To America, and then there's a lot of African, my African American friends say, man, a lot of Africans are really mean towards us. They're really nasty towards us because they feel they're better towards us. And I think it's the wrong attitude to take because I'm West African, but I was born here. My friends are African American and African. I think it's fucked up because here's the thing Africa, like whether you say Nigerians or, or, or Ethiopians, we were colonized by Europeans, man. We were colonized. We were treated like shit. Look at South Africa. With all the Dutch, they've shit on South Africans, man. And finally, I think South Africans, with the help of Julius Malim and all these, they're trying to take some of their shit back. Dutch people are fucked up towards fucking black Africans. And the fact that a South African, a, a white South African calls himself African to me is fucking ridiculous. Like, you're Dutch. You just didn't leave. How the fuck do you steal African from somebody? How do you go... Listen... If I was born, if I was born in China, Vlad, and I said I'm Chinese, I've lived there my whole life, would you believe me? Would you believe that I was Chinese? If I said, listen, I'm, and I even have the accent, listen, I'm Chinese, I promise, I've been there all my life. Would you, would you believe me? Yes, I would. You would say, I'm Chinese. You would believe I was Chinese. You wouldn't say, hey, you're a black dude. You just you, happen to be you a Chinese. third generation Chinese. No, I was like, no, what if I lived there all my life, I'm Chinese. I go ni hao and I speak ta la. Tum chao wei wo you consider yourself American? But what you would believe I was Chinese, though. Well, I believe you're American. Would you say I'm black first? Would you look at me as a black man first? Hmm. I was like, if I'm... If, I'm, if, I, I, no, if you never open your mouth, first I would If speak, I didn't open my mouth and I'm sitting I, I, like I this... I would first see you as a black person. You, you would say there's and a then black guy. And then you would open your mouth and... And, then, and I go, You wouldn't no, believe no, that no, shit. shit. You'd be like, there's Chinese, some, there's Chinese some, black guy. There's a black dude doing some Chinese shit. I don't know what the fuck that was. You, but it's like when white South Africans, white, that's not even real. You're not even genetically an African. The fuck? You don't even live amongst the black ones. It's that same mentality that Africans have when they come. To, and I've had relatives, man. I'm not going to name them. I've had relatives go, oh, we're better than African-Americans. I go, no, we're not. Because I was just stopped by the police the other day. And I'm going to tell you, I used to try to use that African accent. You know what I mean? When police stop me, I say, uh, I'm sorry, officer, what is the problem? I am not the same as them. 
You know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm I'm not gonna act like, you know. Of course, there's a a slight cultural difference when you're African because we have, because you know what it is. In Africa, usually they'll show African Americans in a certain light. So Africans will have this this concept of how Africans are African Americans are, and then in America they would show us Tarzan. They would show us Tarzan and Africans suffering from with flies on their faces, starving. You know, three hundred African kids in a school yeah. with no books. So we have. So they would used to call me Black African Booty Scratcher. They used to call me names. So there you have it. Hey, what's this? Listen. I All right. So there you go. That breaks it down. That makes it everything I was gonna say pretty clear. All right. And. With that being said, there's been a lot of, um, of course, people are trying to run for the presidency and starting to amp up to get trying to get black votes. And gladfully, gladfully now, a lot of people, um, especially the American blacks in particular, the Native American, not Native American as an Indian, but the Native foundational black Americans um, are really catching on to the nonsense and the games being played. That's why nobody's of the uh, native blacks are not supporting Kamala Harris, Cory Booker. Um, people know the game of Alexandria Cortez and um, Rashida and a lot of the Democratic side. Now, with that being said, to go even further to show that these folks and the folks on the Democratic side, we're not even going to talk about Republicans because we know what they think about blacks. So they're out the picture. They're, they're just scratch, scratch them out altogether. We're not even talking about them. Even the Democrats are showing you they don't care about blacks from America. The real descendants of slaves, the foundational native blacks, the native foundational blacks in America, they're showing you the Democrats and all the immigrant members of uh, Congress and all that are showing you they don't care about the the issues of the native foundational black Americans. And so why do I say that? All right. Well, what I'm going to do is going to pull up. Um, I'm going to pull up a Twitter page and I'm going to pull up the Facebook pages, the Twitters and Facebook pages of these four ladies. And I'm just going to scroll down a little bit so you guys can see what's going on. All right. So here we go with this. Let me get this image out the way. There you go. And so we're going to go here. Let me make sure it's on. Okay, boom. <clears throat> so first we're going to go to Ayanna Presley and I'm just going to scroll down there's the you know the tweet and her response towards Trump of course she now I'm, let me read this and then I'll break this down a little bit it says this is this is Ayanna Presley's response to Trump and this is why I said there's a question mark about whether or not she's immigrant although I'm going to show you some things that right now suggest that she's not but um i'm just gonna look at the words too because if i'm gonna stand up for myself i'm gonna stand up for myself with some detail 
and it's really shut people down because then it shuts them down it shuts them up all right or at least they know you they know they gotta be careful when it comes to you as far as messing with you all right so ayanna presley her response back to trump is this he put that in all caps this the word this anyway this is what racism looks like for those who are checking out the show on my youtube channel you'll see everything here for those who are listening to the podcast you guys can go to youtube channel one of my youtube channels which is norwood media vision and go to episode 49 i believe this will be episode 49 just go to that and you can see everything i'm that i'm reading off okay Otherwise, you just listen to me read it. Um, it says from Ayanna Presley, this is what racism looks like. This is in response to Trump's comments. We are what democracy looks like. And we're not going anywhere except back to D.C. to fight for the families you marginalize and vilify every day. Now. That's cool. Her response to that, but. It seems like if you wanted to shut him up, it seemed like you would respond like directly to the, the stuff he was saying. Like them being originally, you know, originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world. So he was saying that they all came from different countries. Now, Again, like I said, I might have said earlier in, in the show that, you know, he's, he's when he's saying things like that, he's kind of speaking codish, saying things without saying them. And you just can read in between the lines when he said they originally came from countries. From other countries, basically. And. Um, so. He's talking in code to a degree. All right. And and that was her response to that. That seemed a little bit, you know, she might she might even go as far as if somebody ever questions her about, well, why didn't you just tell them you're from, you know, your mom and dad are from the U.S., that you're not an immigrant. So she might deflect from that. And it could be a thing where she doesn't want to look like she's not for immigrants. But my thing is. And that's why she wouldn't respond to Trump saying, look, my mom and dad were born in this country because who knows? It could be it could be a numerous amounts of reasons. We can kind of come up with options for that. Maybe her grandparents are the immigrants and maybe she's like that they'd be first. The parents would be first. Her parents, her grandparents would be first. Her parents would be second. And she would be like a third immigration um, immigrant, third generation immigrant. So we don't know. Maybe her maybe her grandparents were. And who knows if Trump was trying to dig who Trump might have dug dug that deep that far back. But the thing that kind of gives me questions about Ayanna Presley is the fact that she's been, if you go down her Twitter page and her Facebook page, I think a lot more on her Facebook page. I was reading a lot of her Facebook page, but right now you guys are seeing me scroll down her um, Twitter page. But on her Facebook page, let's go there, too. As a matter of fact, let me go. 
Oh, let me see if I can go back. On um, Ayana's Facebook page, it seemed like she's going, she's going hard for immigrants and other groups. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're really a native foundational Black American, which means your descendants, your your descendants of uh, slaves, which means there's some connection to when you track your family tree, it's going to connect to being your family being one of those who were stolen, beat, chained up, put on a boat, and brought and taken to a, the United States and not the outskirting islands. You would think you would have a little bit more, um, or she would have a little bit more concern and feelings for the plight of what's been happening to the black Americans getting shot without um, no weapons on them. The young black girls, the police are just body slamming young girls, teenage girls, little girls, slamming them to the ground, punching them in the face. Um, again, like I said, shooting the, uh, young black boys unarmed and some um, adult black men unarmed uh, the Asians when they go to the um, their shops the Asians in the store are beating them down you would think Ayana if you have no immigrant blood in you from the definition I've read at the beginning of this show you would think that you would kind of stand out and stand up for your people a little more than you really have because looking at your Facebook page and you guys are watching it right now let me make sure I'm on her page let me just double check here okay that looks to be it but it seemed like you caping for more for immigrants on every, a lot of, I'll say a lot of posts. And here's one where it says the uh, month of June highlighted. This is July 1st when it was posted, I guess. You got the LBG, LGBTQ plus family. You out there with them in this one particular video. And then some other videos, you standing tall for the plight of the immigrants. But I've never heard about you saying anything about um, the damages of the black people who are the native black Americans here. You caping for other groups of people. And so that's a big problem, and that's where there's been a big rift with immigrants and immigrants who are in office. Some are trying to run for president. Some are in Congress. Some are senators, representatives, whatever, what have you. And it just seems real funny. And, and again, another thing about what I noticed in Ayana's post, 
I don't see a lot of, um, you know, it shows that she's married, but she don't have much connections with men. It's cool that she, you know, standing up for women's, certain women's issues. There's no issue right there. No problem with me on that. But you're supposed to be married to a supposedly a black man. And, um, but never shows you in any capacity, like in a loving way. And I guess that's another thing in itself. Let me see if I can uh, scroll up while you guys are watching and I'm talking here. Okay. Right here is supposed to be her husband right there. Right. And supposedly he, he's from America too. Supposedly, I just think there's something being hidden. And um, like I said, if anybody knows her, if, if she has some connection to some other country, I think she'll be real smart to put it in somewhere before somebody um, really puts it out there. And then it will make even more sense about what Trump's comment was and him, the comment that he made. All right, so I think she would be smart to uh, do that. I see that there's a YouTube post for a YouTube video that looks like it's no longer there. Let's see if it exists. Okay, it's still there. that off so you even heard out of her that was ayana presley on um the title of this video is a youtube video it's called ayana presley makes impassioned plea for migrant women and she's over there speaking spanish and again caping for the immigrants coming across the border and i guess it's the issue about them being in the uh little camps and all of that but you can't do the same thing when your brother or sister gets shot up, gets beat down, gets body slammed, um, beat down first, then questions later. You had, um, I watched a video, I don't know how recent that was, where some police officers was taking a dude down. The dude had a baby in his hand. And they took him, you know, he had a little infant in his hand. <laughs> 
on his arms, and they still trying to pull him off. And they pretty much was like piled on on top of the dude, and the dude's on top of the baby. The baby's on the ground under the under the the dad. And I could tell you stories about that in itself um, regarding me in a similar situation as that. From a perspective, you probably wouldn't think, but that might be down the road. That's another, neither here or there right now. But, um, so, yeah, it seems like she, we know that I, uh, Alexandria is caping for the immigrants. Ayana's going hard for immigrants. So it seems like right now there is a, a divide between the native foundational black Americans and any of the other quote unquote people of color. And I said, I would say something about the people of color thing real quick. People of color for everybody, everybody to get this. Whenever you hear people of color, that doesn't include blacks. That doesn't include the native blacks of this country of the U S all right. Native, um, excuse me, people of color refers to, People like Alexandria, like Il, um, Ilhan, um, Alexandria Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Taleb, and others such as them who are have immigrant blood in them, and they're people of color. They're different shades, but it don't doesn't mean black. So I want people to stop getting tricked by that word. And also another word is minority. Minority does not re, um, refer to black people. It's a trick word. So when you hear the Cory Bookers, the um, Wayne Messins, who we're going to get into in a minute, I'm going to let you hear the whole in entire interview. It's like 18 minutes. Um, Who else? The Kamala Harris's. All those folks are people of color. And. You'll hear a lot of people of color who look, some of them will be looking as dark as me. Whether they Dominican. I actually seen a, a girl a while back, some years back. She got mad because I called her Puerto Rican at first. So Dominicans don't want to be referred as Puerto Rican, I guess vice versa. And it was funny because she was light skinned. She looked like she was a black chick. And I don't know who was with. I don't know if it was a man or a woman. I can't remember. But they were dark, as roughly as dark as me. But I didn't ask them anything as far as um, whether they thought they were black or something. But in my mind, I said, I bet you they don't even think they're black. But you have a lot of those Puerto Ricans, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Cubans who are dark skinned. Um, who else we got here? Africans. A lot of them will tell you. I'm not black. I'm not black. I'm not black. I'm Jamaican. I'm not black. I'm Somalian. I'm not black. I'm Senegal. But as you heard Godfrey say, that's not how the police going to see you. When it boils down to it, he said it himself. He even tried to use his Nigerian accent when he got pulled over. It didn't work for him, but for some reason, y'all, and then like he said, and also the real Rick Ross said, Y'all think y'all better than the black Americans, and you're really not. Y'all didn't have the, the uh, capacity to create different music genres, not just one. 
several music genres, inventions that people still use today, built this country, built the government, the buildings that the government uses, designed D.C. That was a black guy who designed the layout of Washington, D.C. All these things. But you all want to hate on that native foundational black American. And like the real Rick Ross said, we just got to start being smart about how we move, how we use our money, how we deal with folks. And once we start doing that, then you'll start to see a change. You're going to see the respect start coming back. We'll, we'll get respected. The immigrants included, not just the white and Asian and anybody else, the dark skinned immigrants from other countries or those who were born here that are immigrant, but their parents came from another country first then came here the native blacks in america when you start changing how you move who you spend your money with don't allow none of these immigrants or anybody else talk disrespectful towards you there's a there's two other words also that um godfrey mentioned akata but i'm i don't know if i thought i had the video with me and i probably have to research it Oops, let me pull that down. I thought I had to research. I thought I had them both, but I probably, apparently I don't. And so, okay, what's going on here? All right, there we go. So, um, there was two other words that he used too that um, I think, I think other African nations use that are derogatory towards black um black Americans, the native black American. And once, if I find that video, I'll probably play it again on another episode when we talk about this issue or just, I might just pull it up. Even if I'm talking about another issue altogether, just the fact that to, uh, go back to this particular episode and say, Hey, look, I found the video here. It is play it or found the audio and play it. And, uh, just so you guys would know, then I'll do that. But, uh, right now I don't have it. But it's some it's I'll I'll find it again. But um so there's been this this big issue. Like I said, um with Ayanna Presley. Now we're gonna look up Ilhan real quick. Ilhan Omar. Cause apparently we all know Ayana is caping for the immigrants. But I bet you if something happened to somebody black Native black American here, right? Tomorrow. Right now it's uh, July 15th, 2019. If something happened on July the 16th tomorrow, I don't think Ilhan, Rashida, Ayana, or Alexandria will cape for it. And if they did, they'll flip in some way, somehow. They'll try to add the immigrant factor in it. Now, this is Ilhan's um, Facebook page. And I'm going to go to her about page real quick. About part of the page just to pull this to see now you guys can see let me make sure i got it up here yeah so you guys can see here it says born in somalia ilhan and her family fled the country civil war when she was eight years old so we know for sure she's an immigrant they lived in her and i'm sure she might be a nice person i'm not this is not the really jump not really jumping on them as women because i want to say oh you jump on women one of these days, I get I will get on some dudes too, and I'm gonna go hard in the paint on that too. 
but this refers to when I'm talking about the um, the immigrant blacks against the native blacks. I'm talking about men immigrants as well. So that they are that includes them as well. So I'm not just singling these ladies out, but because the Facebook post kind of mentioned them and what Trump said, I, I'm trying to put all this together and connect the dots with it all. So this the immigrant issue, those who are immigrants or second, third, fourth generation immigrants, men, that refers to y'all. And this, there might be another video that I might play before I get out of here that it is kind of interesting as well. But I and what I've noticed a lot, a lot of the African women seem to be haters of black men, period. And especially black men, native black men in America. And they seem to have a lot of hate for the native black women in America. Because a lot of them end up marrying and dating white men and Asian men for some reason. And they just think that nobody else is worth anything. They they talk dirty about everybody else except the Asian and the white man. So if any immigrant women, if that's you, you on that bedwinch, that bedwinch group, I'm talking about you as well. But as a whole, the immigrant black men and the immigrant blacks, males and black females, this all refers to both of y'all. I ain't leaving nobody out. You got issue with it. You heard Godfrey say it. You heard uh, Rick Ross say it. And and, then like Vlad was saying, a lot of people took issue with what Rick Ross said. And Godfrey co-signed it saying it's true. And we all know it's true. And you immigrants know it's true. We're just mad because we're bringing the truth out. Just bringing facts out. But as you see here, born in Somalia. All right, so I'm going to go to the next thing. We got Rashida. Let's see if she's in here. And they all seem to have, except, well, I guess Rashida doesn't. She has like an official government page, but Ayana and uh, Ilhan had like two pages, like a personal type of page, but it's still geared towards government. And then they have like a government Facebook page. And then they both have, a, they all of them have a Twitter page. Let's go to the about section on Rashida and just see what's going on with her. It doesn't mention, but we're going to, I'm going to show you uh, some, something else here real shortly about them. So then we have, did I do Ilhan Alexandria? see what her page is and Alexandria also has two pages as well like a government official government Facebook page and then like a more personal Facebook page but even her personal is more governmental if you want to use those words there and let's see just real quick up on her about page Uh, about it says educator, organizer, service worker, and congresswoman for New York 14. 100% people funded, no corporate. Um, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't mention um, I am a, I am the daughter of working class New Yorkers. Listen to this now. I am, I am the daughter of working class New Yorkers. My father was a small business owner with a love of community, and my mother did just about everything to help keep our family afloat from driving buses to housekeeping our family values were strengthened and no nonsense dinner tables 
dinner table talks over the importance of hard work, common sense, fairness, curiosity, and compassion. Um, let me see here. It became clear because the code we lived in had an outsized influence. We started our journey in the Bronx. Shout out to the Bronx, by the way. I, I represent the Bronx as well. Shout out to them. I would say I would say Bronx people are outside of the nincompoops. Bronx people are very uh, unique people, I should say, put it that way. Very unique individuals. Out of all the five boroughs. All right. So I'm I'm looking down here to try to see if she mentions anything about being from Puerto Rico. And me just browsing through it quickly, I don't see anything offhand. But I'm going to show you something here probably right now. Uh, let me go back real quick on uh, Rashida's page and just see if I can see something here. Um, about me, the purpose of, let me see what else. And of course, Rashida doesn't mention anything, so we're going to get into it. Alrighty, let me see here, boom. Alright, here, let me make sure this is the right page. Yes, this is it. So you guys are looking at, and I don't, let me see, that was Alexandria's, right? We're going to, I'm going to scroll up here real quick. So, just kind of briefly, this, I guess this is the Washington Post. It kind of shows a little quick breakdown of their background. So I'm going to scroll it down. I'm not going to read the other stuff. You guys, let me just scroll up real quick so you can see the title of this. You guys can look at it on your own. This is the Washington Post. This is the uh, title of the article. It says, son, husband of immigrants, tells U.S.-born political opponents to go back to where they came from. All right. And you guys can look at the video and read. I'm not going to do all that. I'm just going to go down to right here. It says Omar. We can start with Ilhan Omar. It says Omar's family network. All right. Now, I guess it says right now it lives in Minnesota. And then there's like a little dotted line that goes across the waters to the UK. It says spouse. So I don't know if she's married and has a spouse in the UK. And then there's a, a red line that goes in the, another direction in Africa. And it says, born in Mogadishu. And it says, parents, spouse, Somalia. So, it's showing that she was born in Mogadishu. Parents, spouse, Somalia. And then it says, oh, maybe the spouse lives in the UK now, I guess. So, the spouse is from, whoever she's married to is from... Somalia and her parents from uh, Somalia, from Mogadishu. All right, just wanted to show you that. And I'm going to scroll down some more to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. It shows that she was born in the Bronx. That'll be Alexandria. It says father in the Bronx, just real short and sweet. And you see, what I'm showing for those who are listening, it's like a big giant map, and it's just pointing out where everybody's from. And it says mother, Puerto Rico. That's not the U.S. Now, I know they, I forgot, I'm, I can't remember if um, the U.S. made Puerto Rico part of the territory, like a U.S. territory, because it's not a state. It's not, to this day, we only have 50 states, so people would say Puerto Rico would make 51 if they ever 
considered making it a state. So it's like a U.S. territory, like a territory owned by the U.S., but considered not the U.S. But because they say it's a territory, I guess they can get some benefits as if they were a United States state, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm incorrect about how I'm saying it, you guys, you know, correct me if need be. But it's showing that her mother's Puerto Rican, you know, from Puerto Rico. She was born Alexandria, born in the Bronx. Supposedly a father. It doesn't say whether a father was born in the Bronx. This says a father. It says father Bronx. Mother Puerto Rico. All right. And then they they do Trump's family to kind of try to make him look bad, saying that, you know, he's an immigrant too. It says father Bronx. They said Trump born in Queens. His spouse is born in Georgia, like Czechos of Czechos Republic. Um, well, one spouse is Georgia, another spouse Slovenia, another spouse Czech Republic, and mother from Scotland. All right, so they're trying to say, and in my understanding, I thought that Trump's father was German, but again, they leaving certain things out, and I think it's on purpose. Uh, let me see. As post, as the post reported earlier this year, Trump's father, like Ocasio Cortez, was born in the Bronx. In fact, he was born not far from her district. But like I said, I think Trump's dad is something else too. But those are the things they leave out, probably on purpose. Oh, hold on. Let's see here. But Trump has repeatedly insisted his father wasn't born in the. There you go. Boom. But Trump, I'll read this part, but Trump has repeatedly insisted his father wasn't born in the United States, instead having come from Germany. That's what I thought. Fred Trump. And I, my understanding is that their last name isn't really Trump. It was some other name that was similar to it, but they made it into Trump because I guess it might have been easier to say or or speak or whatever. You guys do the research on that. But um, that's even Trump saying... He's saying that he repeatedly insisted that his dad wasn't even born in the U.S. But yet the Washington Post wants to put that out there. So that tells you about the Post. Whether or not they want to do, they do serious research to get everything right so they don't mess with their readers' minds. And so now we have uh, Rashida Tlaib. That's how I'm going to pronounce it anyway. It might be how you say it. Now it's saying she was born in Detroit. But her parents and spouse were from the West Bank, um, Palestine. But I read something else that she was uh, that uh, Rashida was from Palestine. And if that's incorrect, then maybe it was the parents that are from Palestine. And so she's like, who knows? She might be a second generation immigrant because of the parents by way of the parents. Right. So that's that. Uh, let me see. Trump means. Yeah, you guys should read this article. I won't read it. And then we got uh, Ayanna Presley. Now, what they're saying about them is that she's born in Cincinnati, a father from Columbus, and a mother's from Cincinnati, and see her spouse is from Boston. And they go so, you know, it's just that cut, cut and dry with the uh, responses. But like I said, I looked at some other stuff. I think I'm going to pull it up here in a minute. And um, I think one doesn't even mention her father. I think it's one of uh, Ayanna's websites. I'm going to pull that up here. All right. And here we go here. Let me just make sure everything's legit. Okay, boom. So 
This says AyanaPresley.com, her about page. I'm on her about page and I'm going to read this. It says Ayanna Presley is an advocate, a policymaker, an activist. Let me skip that. Let me go down to the second paragraph where it says born in Cincinnati and raised in Chicago. Now, that other page, let me go back to the other page, makes no mention about Chicago. Let me pull it. There you go. Makes no mention about Chicago at all on this page for yo for those who are watching. Makes no mention. It does say, well, it says born in Cincinnati, mother Cincinnati, father's Columbus. Her spouse, I think his name is Conan, if I'm not mistaken, is from Boston. So it's saying she's born in Cincinnati and raised in Chicago. Ayana is the only child of a single mother and a father who was in and out of the criminal justice system. Ayana's mother, Sandra Presley, was a tenant's rights organizer who instilled in her the value of civic engagement. Thanks in large part to her mother's dedication to activism, Ayana has always been acutely aware of the role that government can play in lifting up families and communities. So you guys might want to check out her page as well. Maybe I'll do some more looking. I think this is on the top. I'm thinking this is the husband and the child. I don't know if this is their actual child or if it's, if it's his child from another relationship or if it's her child in a relationship. But if this is their child, she looks nothing as far as color wise. Like she don't she, she doesn't belong to somebody between these three. And I could be wrong. She just doesn't have the look of somebody in this picture. All right. And like I said, I don't know if it's an adoption. I don't know if it's a previous relationship. One of them had her. It's very possible. But um, looking at the picture, I wouldn't say she belonged to both parents. She belongs to one of them or none of them. All right. You guys are hearing my dog in the background. My apologies. One of two dogs, well, you hear both you heard both dogs barking. I guess being protective, but let's get back to the matter of hand. There you go anyway. Is that so you guys might want to check out her page, Ayana's page. I don't know if the others have any personal websites. And so then we have Twitter here. And let me click on each person here let's go to Rashida's Twitter page real quick there she is I just scroll down a little bit some contractors housing migrants so she's posting things about the immigrant kids being caged up so they all four of them seem to be on that same page regarding the border but let something happen to a native uh, black American's child being um, mistreated. Let's see if they stand up. Let's see if a black man gets harmed and the harm was not just a just do harm or they were mistreated in some way that 
was obviously a mistreatment. Let's see how much they stand up for that. But these are the people who want your vote and um, they claim to do they're going to do this and do that for you, but they're showing you through their post who they're really for and who they're going to um, stand for, stand by, stand with. Let's go to Ilhan's page real quick and then we'll go to Alexandria's. Let's see what she's talking about here. Let's see what she's posting up. For you guys who's checking this out. Ilhan could be the wild card in on certain things we don't know. But right now I know that she's also for the immigrant situation as well. She's kind of siding with that movement. Uh, let's see. Ilhan Omar is an American. This is Tina Smith caping for Ilhan. She's a member of Congress. Respect her. Because you came from another country and came here, you American. Which is cool, you know, yeah, we could say they're all American. And they're all, four of them go, they always, they're in a lot of pictures together, all four of these ladies. And this is what people say people of color are. Let's take Ayana out of the picture and just look at the other three. Elhan, Rashida, and Alexandria. This is who people call people of color. All right, that's how that's who they refer to as people of color. It's a code word. It's a code word to make actual black native blacks to believe that they're included in this people of color thing, as well as the word minority is a code word that doesn't include blacks, but it's to make you make you guys believe that you're included. There's some other words and, and maybe in some other episodes um, I'll try to break down. So folks can start understanding when these words get used, what they really are meaning, what they're really trying to say, who they're really trying to trick and make believe one thing when it really is something else. All right. So I think that's going to be it, man, that I'm going to do right now. Like I said, there's a, a parent for sure um, beef between any immigrant of color immigrant people of color, the IPOC versus the NFBA, the Native Foundational Black Americans and their hatred as we heard in the audios of several um, audios with Godfrey and the real Rick Ross talking about. So it's out there. We know it. Um, the Native Foundational Black Americans, we're not going to be fooled with Voting for people who are not going to give us um, give us the check. So hashtag no check, no vote. Hashtag no check, no vote. Um, hashtag, hashtag no money, no vote. And it's just going to be as simple as that. We're not going to, just like Rick Ross said, we got to be um, careful and strategic with our moves. And we're just not going to be playing these games with folks anymore. We're not just going to be accepting the okie doke anymore. And that's just it. 
Um, none of these immigrants are fighting um, white supremacy. The system, if you really look at it, they're not fighting. They're not talking about fighting no system of white supremacy. It's left to the native blacks. To, we always fighting for stuff. And we're always the one putting out the fight and cape for these other groups. As you heard the real Rick Ross say, we accept everybody all the time. Even if their stuff isn't all that great, we accept everybody in. But they don't accept us, including the Spanish. Now, I was going to play another video. It's like a super quick one. But instead of playing it, I'll just tell you what was in it. It was some young, it was a young black boy. And um, could have been in his early 20s. And it's like a Spanish, I don't know if he's Puerto Rican or Mexican or whatever, um, male. And there's some guy holding the camera asking the black guy if he's a gang, bang, gang, bang, gang banger. And the guy told, told him numerous times, no, I'm not. And so then the, the Mexican dude says something. He yells out something, click or whatever. And then he calls the black dude nigger. And the, and the black dude, like I said, they both look like they're in, 20, in, in their 20s. And the black dude turns to him like, man. Like he was in shock. Like, wow, he thought he was, they thought they were together. Like in the same struggle. And the dude was like, F that nigger, F that. So that, that goes to show you that. Stop talking about this brown, this black and brown coalition because there is none. Because there's a lot of Spanish people who feel the same way that that kid did when he talked to that black dude. Called him a nigger and like, nah, F you, nigger. So that's just, this is how they feel. So there is no black and brown coalition. So all you folks, stop using that black and brown because it's not there. Stop using it because I'm sure you mean in brown means like Spanish folks and everybody else kind of of color, the code word people of color again. There is none because they don't they don't think of you or they don't care about you like you think they supposed to or that you think they do. They don't. I could tell you some stories about with me, nothing like physically happened or nothing like that, but um, just the 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 behavior the mannerisms of those who are spanish or mexican or puerto rican uh africans they seem to think they're like they like we heard in the audios they think they're better than the same people who are as dark as them from america so there's an obvious uh divide and like i said this is my message to all the real uh, native found foundational black Americans start moving strategically. Don't accept stuff. Be care, uh, move carefully with your money and how you deal with folks. Start making folks respect you. And then stuff will start changing. It's that simple. Rick Ross gave the, gave the solution right there. Watch how you move with your money. Watch how you move doing business with folks and don't play no games with nobody no more. Don't cake for nobody whenever they, whenever these groups have their issues and they want you to jump on board, stand away. Don't, don't get in there. Let them stand up for themselves now because we've been standing up for everybody else for years. The immigrants, you know, disrespect and, and nothing, you know, I tell, I'll be the first one to tell you I ever see somebody, um, if I see physically see somebody visually mistreat a kid, abusing them, hitting them or whatever, I'll be the first one to bounce and to pounce on that head. That's how native foundational black Americans vibe has always been. All right. But outside of that, they're going to have to cape for themselves. Don't look for us. Just like Rick Ross said, I keep going back. 
Watch how he move. Don't stop moving. Stop uh, standing up for their for their um, plights and their movements. Let and when things happen to their group, let them fend for themselves. That simple. Until you start respecting us and having our back, we just gonna be our own separate group for right now. All right. Anyway, with that being said, I thank you guys for checking out the show. Most definitely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, hold on. Let me not get out of here yet. There's one more thing I forgot. Man. So hold on, folks. There's one more thing I want you guys to listen to. Wayne Messam. All right. So hold on. Let me pull this up. All right. We're going to listen to this whole 18 minutes of Wayne Messam and listen to his, the things he says. I might stop it in between and speak on some things or I might let it play all the way through. All right. So for, for now, let's, let's check this out. All right. Listen to this guy. And in particular, there's some things he said that should definitely clue you into Letting you know, like, nah, he's not the one. He's just like Kamala Harris and Alexandria Cortez and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and Ayanna Presley and Stacey Abrams and so on and so forth. He's just another part of the group. Check it out. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He's a mayor of Miramar in Florida. He is also running for president in 2020. Mayor Wayne Messam. Welcome, sir. Everybody everybody running for president in 2020. Yes, yeah, it's, it like. it's about 300 of us yeah. running. Yeah. 315, yeah. maybe. Do, do you still consider yourself a, a nominee for president, though? Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. Of course. Did you miss the first debate? Yeah, I missed the first debate, All you right. know, but um, I'm still out there, you know, uh, despite not having uh, equitable access to the media like some of the other candidates, you know, um, I've been um, right at the threshold in terms of meeting some of these national requirements. Obviously, it's going to get more difficult, um, but, you know, I'm I'm true to the game and I, I have a message. I have a story to tell and I'll keep pushing my way forward. You Why? think you make it to Detroit? To those debates, is that going to happen? Well, we're going to find out in another day or so. Actually, today we'll today? find out. We're right okay. on the cuffs. You know, I'm just one national poll short, which is amazing when you think about mm -hmm. I did not get the CNN town hall, although my city is bigger than South Bend, more Fortune 500 companies. I'm beating out China, more culturally diverse and from a battleground state, you know, but uh, but nothing against my, my, my peer, you know, Mayor Pete. Uh, but it just goes to show that, you know, when you have young brothers stepping out there, trying to make a difference in this country, you know, our heel seems to be um, a lot more steeper. But, you know, I was the first presidential candidate that actually proposed to forgive the $1.5 trillion in outstanding student loan debt. You know, other candidates like uh, Warren and, and Sanders have come out with their kind of more watered-down version. But, you know, but if, if they can borrow my ideas, then my voice needs to be on that stage, my ISIS. If not as cold, but perhaps even colder. So they stole your ideas? I'm not saying they stole. It's a really big issue. A lot of people, 44 million people have this debt, mm -hmm. and especially hurting uh, people of color who need the financial aid to get a higher education. Mm -hmm. So I'm bringing these ideas forward, uh, pushing the envelope, and I'm glad to see that it's an important issue that people are starting to put policies behind. But with student loan forgiveness also count for people who have the money and aren't really struggling, that just are paying payments? 
Well, the thing is, the question is, as a society, what are you told? Go to school, get education so you can have a high paying job. Right. Yet corporations get to benefit on you taking that risk to educate yourself. I see it as an economic security issue. This country needs educated and well qualified individuals so that our economy can remain strong. Yet corporations sit on the sideline and reaps all the benefit. You know, I think everyone should realize that we're all in this together and someone sh and all of us should have some skin in the game. So we'll be requiring corporations to have some skin in the game. Let's release this burden so Americans can really put that money back into the economy because I'm proposing it as an economic stimulus. It'll be 80 to 100 billion dollars to the GDP. It'll create one and a half million jobs every year. People will be investing in businesses, buying homes, starting families. And that's what it's about. Do you think uh, missing out on the first debate hurt your, hurt your chances? Well, only thing, it hurts in terms of not having that exposure to the millions yeah. of individuals. That's where the challenge is. That's why I'm on programs like yours, so that millions of Americans can hear my voice. And they would like to support my efforts to get on the stage. They can visit WayneForUSA.com because I didn't make these rules. I'm just going into process, trying to shake things up so that I can become a viable candidate. Because if, if my ideas are being um, borrowed and put out in the platform, that's one plus but it needs an authentic voice to carry this thing out. I'm a mayor. I'm close to the people. You know, I passed the living wage in my city. I banned the box in my city. So that's a question I'd ask if you've been arrested. If you paid your debt to society and want to move forward, you should be able to. Who's talking about that on the debate stage? You know, there's a big issue came out the last debate between busing, between mm -hmm. um, Senator Harris and Senator and Vice, Vice President, former Vice President Biden. You know, what was the real issue in that debate? It became personal. The issue was black schools and black neighborhoods, especially in that transitional period, were inferior to white schools. Right. That's why the desegregation was fought for, so that black kids can have a better education. I say, regardless of your zip code, all schools should have the best technology, the best books, the best paid teachers, so that all of our children can succeed. That's what I would have injected into that debate. Do You, uh, you, you have two Jamaican parents. Yes. So what do you think of people attacking uh, Senator Harris saying she's not black enough because she's Okay, so you guys just heard Charlemagne ask Mayor Wayne Messam, his parents, um, two of his parents are Jamaican. So what that makes Wayne an immigrant, right? We'll go back a little bit. That makes him an immigrant. So you already know, I'm not going to even play... <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. I'm not going to even play his the whole interview. You guys are just going to have to listen to it to yourself. I'm going to tell you some other things he said. But when you listen on, I'm going to play this part again about him asking about his parents. So that should already clue you in to one thing already. And then I'm going to tell you something he said a little bit later on. Um, you already admitting like... Yeah, his parents are Jamaican, so already that's immigrant, and you know some of them had the attitude of they're better than you know who. So you just you know where or how far this guy let's just say if he let's say hypothetically if he if you were to make president, you already know who ain't gonna who's not gonna get what. And later on in the in this uh, audio, he said something about being for everybody, all people. So we know that trick bag when it comes to saying we're for all people. You know who 
who was going to be left out of all people. And then he mentioned he was in a fraternity group and he said himself, it was, he said it's the, also known as the boule. He said to himself, now I'm going to play this um, part again that Sean may ask him and then I'll try to play the boule part and then we're going to get out of here. All right. So here we go. Schools should have the best technology, the best books, the best paid teachers so that all of our children can succeed. That's what I would have injected into that debate. Do you, uh, you, you have two Jamaican parents? Yes. So what do you think of people attacking uh, Senator Harris saying she's not black enough because she's of Jamaican descent? Well, first of all, she's making an Indian. Well, well, first of all, she's my sister. You mm -hmm. know, she is a, um, a very educated, highly educated woman. First of all, she's her. She's his sister. You heard him say that. So she's his sister. I'm going to skip on to where he said I'm about the boule and I'm going to get out of here. Who are bringing forward F for real? But I call a spade a spade. How are we addressed? Excuse me, you're talking about black people. Well, the thing, the issue is that you're not proposing policies that not only help. term to use when you're talking about black people. Well, up in these um, identity crises in terms of who's black enough. You know, uh, you know, I keep it real, but I call a spade a spade. The issue is if you're not proposing policies that not only Terrible help. term to use when you're talking about black people. Well, the thing is, though, is that he said he keeps it real. He calls a spade a spade. And Charlemagne said that's a terrible reference when it comes to black people. See, he already messed up right there. <laughs> it's about how those challenges. See, that is how we get political. We get caught up in these identity crises. You know, uh, you know, I keep it real, but I call a spade a spade. The issue is if you're not proposing policies that not only terrible help. Terrible term to use when you're talking about black people. Well, the terrible term to use when you're talking about black people. And then he's, well, you know. Thing is, though, is that it's about how we, how are we addressing and atoning for this nation's sins that have made black people be put black people behind the eight ball. You know, when you. When this nation has been built by free labor. So, you know, he already done messed and up. And then this country act as, and then this that I'm committed to. Being the president, you're the president for every American. That's now, hold on, you heard that. That's what I was talking about. Yourself, so and that's what it's really about. So that is what I'm committed to. Mm -hmm. Being the president, you're the president for every American. That's why you have universal policies that benefit. Being the president, you're the president for every American. You know where that's going if he becomes president. It's not going to be for every American. All right. I'll play it one more time. Well, that's what it's really about. So that is what I'm committed to. Mm -hmm. Being the president, you're the president for every American. That's why you have universal policies that benefit everyone. All right. So you heard that part, right? Recognize black community that there were unique repair. Now systemically do something to get them out. Yes. Like, it's very simple. I, right now, I think in terms of where this culture is in Congress and to get some once passed by Congress of free labor and once those recommendations are in So Congress, you guys definitely need to... Okay, well, we know what happened, but you have the quantitative uh, for property ownership, so you have to have... You definitely need to listen to this interview in full. Um, concrete and hear the stuff he's saying, it just sounds typical again. And solid data that point. But the fact resolutions you've heard that you like. 
in terms of in terms of reparations like what are some things that you like okay something like this would make sense as far they as ask him about home. solutions on reparations and he just ding dongs and dodges little things like okay how you're disqualified from getting a payment so now you're bunch of bunch of nonsense how do we on how to be an entrepreneur in high school economy they may be displaced either feet and they can be producers Getting them trained, you know, there's a lot of time work more than more something on science. Business, so that now you are handing out power. But how? But how? You know, because the stuff that you're saying sounds amazing, you know, but but how? You know, yeah, I... And then, and then uh, DJ Envy acts and, you know, kind of presses him a little bit more like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? You talked about and he talks and he talks a little good game and you do, you guys just need to listen to it it's only about 18 19 minutes long you can be a repair technique from high school being they are out they have a practical but all of that still was nothing to do with reparations in the form of all the mistreatment all the free labor that the slaves had to bear and deal with the money needs to go to the descendants of those slaves. Nothing towards that. He's just bouncing around talking about a whole bunch of muckety muck. Yeah, I'm going to have a school with entrepreneurship and teach the kids in high school. Nothing to do with putting up that money, though. But other races get their reparations. Japanese got some. I think Germany... The um, Jews, but never when it comes to the real native foundational blacks, not the immigrant blacks, never want to give the native blacks anything. The tangible skill set that they get our start their own the individuals that are in the in, uh, building, like men, actually, three of them also in uh, Sigma Pi Five, which also known as the Boulet. Yep, there we go. Empowering individuals and our kids. Making sure and putting them in, like, man, actually, three of them also in uh, Sigma Pi 5 capacity. All right, now I'm going to play this last part of it, and then, like I said, you guys can watch watch the full interview yourselves, take notes on it, and then, you know, have something, uh, some ammo when need be. All right, so here's the last part of this that I want y'all to hear. Exposure. Mm -hmm. You will be who you see. You know, I'm in two organizations, Alpha Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, 100 Black Men. Actually, three of them also in um, Sigma Pi Five Fraternity, also known as the Boule. And it's about empowering individuals and our kids. Alpha Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, 100 Black Men. Actually, three of them also in um, Sigma Pi Five Fraternity, also known as the Boule. And it's about Incorporated, 100 Black Men. Actually, three of them also in um, Sigma Pi Five Fraternity, also known as the Boule. And it's about empowering individuals and our kids. Making sure and putting them in a position to develop mentorships. All right, folks. There you have it. He said he's in the boule. Whatever pie, whatever it was. Also known as the boule. All right. So we know <laughs> where uh, his head is at. He's in the boule. <laughs> All right. So anyway, you guys heard it first here. I appreciate you guys listening. It's been a long one this time around. And like I told you before, you never know how long or how short my shows will be. But um, I try to definitely make those 
shows worthwhile you guys listening to, all right? So that being said, thoughts of the week. I am out of here. Peace. Love to everybody. And uh, we'll be coming back for episode 50 pretty soon, all right? Peace.